Please be advised, the following program contains some adult themes and content. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. This is Daniel Ricardo, and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Yes, good evening and welcome to yet another edition of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. Yes, it's that time of the week again. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It's time for the Jack Link's Beef and Ham Jerky 365 Days of Sport Radio Show. Congratulations to Daniel Ricciardo. Ah, there it is. If I don't turn you there on, it is. I don't turn you on. It sounds much better in the headphones when it's on, I find. That's what all the uh, I just saw me. that someone posted. I thought it was a it was a joke, but it's real. He won the Italian he GP. He did. Yeah. McLaren, after not the greatest of seasons, won two. Yeah. Okay. Only because Sebastian Vettel decided to park on top of Lewis Hamilton. Oh. Literally no. on top. Very poor. I might have an F1 question for you in the quiz today. Oh, I'm not yeah. bad on F1. I know. I think it's actually probably for you going to be really easy, actually. Okay. I have to admit, what? I'm not an F1 fan. Yeah. I've always called it the chicken parmigiana of sport. Okay. Because when you go to a pub and you fancy a meal, you look yeah. through the menu and you think, oh, I don't fancy that. You always revert back to chicken parma. Yeah, safety first. Safety first. And yeah. a Formula One is kind of like that. Unless you have the chicken parma from the place I went had in Hobart one time, yeah. which was the worst one. And it was $8 or something. And that, there's a reason why the it was $8. The clue is in well, the they, price. they actually undercooked it. As well. It's was, it was actually slightly pink. It was didn't disgusting. You read, didn't you read I felt the asterisk, Rob? If you well, want it fully I, cooked. I, I think you're, you're obliged to still cook a, an edible meal, yeah, it, regardless are. of the price. Regardless of the yeah, price. Yeah, I think that's the, the minimum obligation there at that point. Um, the Arcadia, other pubs are available. The Arcadia, Arcadia Green, the horse? in um, oh. South Yarra on the corner. We drive yeah. past it to get to the radio station, Rob. Oh, yeah. They used to do Wednesday nights... I think it was $10 steaks. Yeah. And they were awesome. Yeah. And not just like a little, small, little yeah. thing. They were decent. And what, I'm a what, big, what cut is it? What cut? I think they were probably rump. Yeah. And I'm a rump fan because I like yeah, the fat rump. Solid. I yeah. like the fat. Well, you got nothing on this. I One thing I did do is I bought a giant ribeye. A giant oh, no. ribeye. Yeah, because so TK's dad's not too, not too well at the moment. So okay. she's got a carer permit to go up and look after him up in Wangaratta. Get well so soon. Six, six days. Bad. I'm home alone. Just go off the rails, mate. It's just like <laughs> absolutely He's smoking off the and rails. drinking. I thought two in the morning, drinking whiskey <laughs> on Monday night. Like, what's going? Well, wow. I don't know, beef. Well, you can't go just anywhere like, else. No, you, you can't. Well it's do a thing. It you can't do anything. <laughs> and I finally started just this morning. Go, oh, geez, I'm really off the rails here. This is <laughs> this is gone. This has lost all shape. What are you, what are you doing, Roberto? Get it, get it together. Brilliant. So, and I did a bit of a workout this afternoon. Funk Roberts is back, and um, Funk Roberts, yeah, I forgot yeah. about him. Yeah, yeah, he he's, was the original he's, lockdown. He's the original man. lockdown uh, YouTube <laughs> workout man, Funk Roberts. And I got a bit of a sweat on. Get, give her the demons out. Right, feeling a lot better after that. Feel like I'm back. On track. Well, I've just got to try and clean the house in the morning oh, before work. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I've made that. that mistake before. Yeah, um, it's not that bad. Okay, but that's what I thought but last it could time. Be better. The last time I thought it wasn't that bad. I was informed that it actually was. Hey, no, well, yeah. there you go. Never hey, make that same mistake earlier. Again. Earlier tonight, yeah. there was mayhem on my street. Mayhem, mayhem, mayhem. Motorcycle came along, crashed yep. at the bottom of the driveway, oh, and there's a big geez. crowd came out. So I looked down, I sprinted down to see what's going on, made my way to the crowd. Oh, I went, excuse me, drama. excuse me, what's going on, what's going on? And the guy said, oh, thank God you're here. Are you a doctor? I went, no, he's got my bloody pizzas. 
Oh, beef. Come on, mate. <laughs> you didn't actually say that. <laughs> you should it's a you joke, Rob. It's a oh, joke. Oh. Hey, hey I, I can tell a joke later on. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Time. It'll be a bit longer than that one, though. Oh, <laughs> what do you mean about time? Quick game's a good <laughs> game, Rob. <laughs> Quick game's a fast game. Actually, I've got a bit... No, I want to go into this first before, go on, before you go. You go. You, so, so last week, yeah. when uh, I just listened back last night, last night that's what I was listening to. <laughs> it was such a sad affair. I'm sitting there drinking whiskey by myself one listen morning. Listening to your listen own to my show. own show. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, I, I can't remember what we talk about, because no. as, as we've just been telling everyone it's all made up uh, and <laughs> and the points don't matter I just made it up and anyway, anyway so we, and we started talking about the neighbours story with the Korean neighbours yeah. that had plot line the, of someone's pet dog went missing and they blame yeah, the Koreans they do that they've eaten the dog this was a a six, a, you know, a five p.m. weekly show, and yep. this is the plot line, intentionally written, calculated, thought about, and they've decided this it, will go in the show. It was the nineties, people. It, it was. was the it 90s. wasn't like last week. It was but, the nineties. But we say at the time. Imagine well, how that would go down today, very badly. Sure enough, Georgia Love, Miss Former Bachelorette, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. and she's a news reporter on on TV Channel Nine or Network Dan Nine, whatever. Down in Hobart or Tasmania. I no, think? she's often up in Melbourne. Oh, she, I think okay. she's from she's from there, but oh, she's right, up yeah. here mostly. She's a news reporter. Yep. She this week on her Instagram took a photo of a shop window with a cat in, it in some sort of Asian supermarket or something, and she says, "Oh, is it friendly pet or dinner or something like that?" And she posted it on Instagram. Uh... Cancelled, cancelled, stood down, suspended, absolutely trotted, gone, like, yeah, in all sorts of trouble. Yeah. Try to do the apology, nah, the cancellers oh, don't, they won't have that. They won't even have They the... won't have it, yeah. <laughs> and so the next thing, she's got to try and pull some sort of mental health card or something, because oh, that's, that's the last yeah, thing you can do, step. that's the next step. Something on social media did tickle me uh, this week. You know, they had uh, the second time lockdown in the Jewish in Caulfield in the Jewish area. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. they had another party last Wednesday at some another one. religious gathering okay. or something. Oh, and there's somebody filming totally one of those Author, total orthodox Jewish guys. He's got the full regalia on. Yeah. He's got the hat. The super long sideburns. Super long side, the curly sideburns. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got him on video crawling out of a window at the back and scampering over roofs trying to escape the police. But it's. Really? Yeah, they have. Looking at it, it's like, oh my word. It's, oh, what a it's sight. like something from a movie. <laughs> Like this guy, this totally orthodox Jewish guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, escaping like a, like out the back window. It's like like a sitcom, like a like yeah, a yeah. sitcom, yeah, like something from Seinfeld or something along those lines. Oh, uh, you should, uh, that's great. You know, running uh, from look, the COVID police. There, well, there's a serious side to that. Is well, one don't gather when you're not allowed to. Yeah, there's a lockdown on people for yeah, a reason. Yeah, and um, that's the only thing. Actually, I'm not going to go any further than, go that. further than that. that. Don't do it. Well, it's uh, we're just it's it's the vax races on. On, isn't it? That's an old, the vax race. The vaccination race. Well, I think Denmark declared today that they've hit it. They've hit the magic number. Yeah, double dosed seventy percent. So yep. then, as soon as they hit it, it's Freedom Day, Rob. Freedom Day. Freedom yep. Day. Well, we're not far off. We're going at a rate. We are. Yeah, no, we're no, 40% double, double dose. Okay. And then we way, way over 70 with yeah. singles. Yeah. So, good, four good weeks, on you, four Victoria. Weeks, four weeks to go, I reckon. Four weeks to go. 
was I going to say? Oh, there's a little bit of bad news in the Blake Boot household this week. My partner's, her grandmother, it was meant to be her birthday today. She would have been 101. 101. But unfortunately, she passed away a couple of days ago. Didn't quite make it. So, Jesse Mavis Dyer, we salute you. Salute. Congratulations on Bats Up for Jesse. That's a letter from the Queen. She did get the letter from the Queen. She did. She got that in. But she nearly got the 101, which is uh, amazing. Fighting fit, country girl. Yeah. You know, only at meat and free veg. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every meal, but yep. she loved it. Still out and about, going down to Bowls Club, driving down the pub. Everyone looked out for her down in Warrigal. So, oh, oh, condolences uh, to Clear con- Boots. Condolences yeah. to the Boot family and the Dyer family, and uh, mm. funerals Friday. So, okay, she was awesome. She loved the sport, Rob. Loved really? it. Good. I think I was her favourite non-family. Really? Member. Is that you? you that's just, Pretty sure. Just an instinct. You thought that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Not even instinct. Yeah, no. you, you, she said it to you. Yeah, she did she many said, a time. You're my favourite. You're my favourite, beefy. <laughs> yes. Well, it's good to be someone's favourite. It's amazing it? when. Yeah. So, my partner's 47, and she still had a grandmother. That is yeah, pretty amazing. Well, that 47, yeah, because <laughs> yes. uh, that, that mine would have to hang in for another seven years, mm. and she would also be 101 by then. Oh, well, how about that? There you go. Unbelievable. Um, I found out today, Rob, or yep. yesterday actually. I'm not fat enough to be a model. You're not fat enough. I'm to be, a, fat to be, a, to a, be fat, a model, a fat Rob. model. Yeah, like a plus size model. Plus size model. I'm not fat enough. I well, was, well there's two things you can do about. I that. was sitting at home <laughs> eating my way into full size, and I still get a message saying, "Sorry, beef, you're not quite fat enough for what we want." Of all the disappointments in life, I'm shut to bitch, Rob. Well, I mean, start the carbo loading now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, go buy some ice creams. No, I'm double pizza now. That's it. Double pizza. Lunch and dinner, (laughs) double pizza. Um, So, yeah, so I'm not fat enough. So now I'm probably going to convince myself to actually start doing some exercise. Well, but then you can combine this. See, this is a dual career on the cards here because not only could you be a plus size model, you could also then make a proper go for the cycling roll off. Because there's two things where being a big podger, yep. you benefit from great in life. Not three if you include sumo wrestling. But um, the cycling roll-off plus-size model. Yeah. Imagine if that's a, something that becomes a thing for kids when they're young. Plus-size model? Yeah, for like the fat kids. <laughs> that they have a special thing. Like, kids, kids, when you grow up, I want to be a plus-size model. Like not, not, not even attempt to go for the regular model. No. Just, just so you can be a lazy behemoth yeah. and get paid for it. And wow. then... Talk about a loophole. That is a loophole. Although then, you've like still got to find a girlfriend somehow. Uh, nah, don't I worry. Just live the life. To. Live the plus size hey, life. There's people out there that are feeders, Rob. They're, a, they're enablers. <laughs> they love that type of thing. The freedom of the plus size life. Yeah. You can just like, go for it, it. like you said, actually, you can fall back and be a rugby front row forward, a sumo yeah. wrestler. Yeah. Uh, solid, solid fallback, the, please. Uh, America football offensive linemen. They're yeah. pretty big boys nowadays. These are all million dollar sort exactly. of Exactly. The uh, Aussie guy who plays the Philadelphia Eagles, he's a big uh, behemoth. But surely he's just someone, signed a $70 million contract. But surely someone who's got an attitude from a young age where they're going to be a plus size model is indicative of someone with a pretty lazy attitude. Well, so they're, they're not going to find the time. You've got to tick all the boxes, Rob. You've got to tick all the boxes. There's got to be a fallback position. Look, if you don't make it as a plus yeah. Size model. Yeah. Remember, you have to keep your hand in either in sumo wrestling or America football. You got to be a uh, well. No, I can't bring him up anymore because he's not going to be on the show. But you got to have your fingers in many pies. Is that what you're saying? They're, Definitely. To, you always have. Anyway, make sure there's all the avenues in place. 
I mean, have you given up on your plus size career then, Beef? Is that it? Is the curtain closed? Your, <laughs> your final performance? Well, not necessarily. You never know. What did Claire say about the fact that they said you're not fat enough? Does she agree? <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't know yet. <laughs> still unemployed, people. Still unemployed. So in terms of that, yeah, I'm disappointed. To okay. say the least. <laughs> yeah, well, to say the least, right? One, one door closes, another one opens. Well, let's beef. hope so. Yeah. Let's hope so. Um, and, you can, and the thing is, you know you'll fit through the door. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have to uh, celebrate the fact that our new NFL team, the Miami Dolphins, yep. they beat the New England Patriots in Boston by a point. Well done. Got out of jail. Now, their quarterback, we talked about um, Tua Tagovailoa. Mm. Did I say that right? How yeah, that, that sounds pretty good. He's actually Hawaiian. Uh, we thought he might have had a Tongan or yeah. um, uh, Samoan heritage, but his first name is actually Tua Niga Manuelapola. Okay. Tagovailoa. Now, this? he's left-handed. Yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. He throws the American football left-handed. Yeah. But he's actually a right-hander. At everything else. At everything. Well, even well, in then, life. I, I don't think he really is then. That, that doesn't make any sense at all. So this is what the thing is because I'm one of the I'm the a one hand right hander but a two hand left hander. At least I'm consistent and the same all the time. That that's actually mental. So I actually wrote some notes. It says although he is predominantly right handed, his father trained him to throw a ball with his left hand as a child. Now I was thinking in the England cricket team, James Anderson bowls right handed, bats left handed. Stuart Broad bowls right handed. I think he throws right-handed as well. So same as Anderson. Bowls right-handed, bats left-handed. Yeah. Moen Ali yeah. bowls right-handed, bats left-handed yeah. as well, and throws yeah. right-handed. I wonder if there's ever been a team with more of those ambidextrous types yeah, or reverse. But that's me. I'm one of those. As well. I don't, how does so, that But exist? so is my brother and so is my dad. Mm. But so And so is Richard Hadley was. I actually wrote Briars there. It's in the notes, look. It okay, good. Anderson, Broad, Ali, yeah, Briars. Yeah, Briars, good. Just to make in case you couldn't remember the name. Um, no. Richard, I'm putting you Richard, in Richard exalted Hadley. company. Yeah. Oh, Hadley you. was another one, Richard wasn't Hadley he? Hadley was, yeah. Right-hand bowler, left-hand bat. Yeah, although apparently he played golf right-handed. Now, that's crazy. I don't understand that at all. That's when things go, because that's the, that sort of motion. If, if you do all that, okay. if you bat left-handed, then you should play golf well, You know about Mark Taylor, don't you? Mark I know Taylor, who he is. Yeah, Mark Taylor bat left-handed. I'm pretty sure he threw right-handed as well. Yep. He plays... Now, I can't remember which way around it is. He's a scratch golfer, left-handed, I think, and he plays off four right-handed. Why would you bother doing that? I don't know. Run Just it. do one. <laughs> Just do one and do it really good. Yeah, this actually reminds me of my joke. Oh, anyway. okay. Well, stay tuned, people. <laughs> stay tuned for Rob's joke. We're going to build up to that. Like, that's to get to that elite level. Mm. And if it's the only thing you do left-handed to play quarterback in the NFL and throw the ball left-handed and that's, be amazingly accurate, that's just phenomenal. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. doesn't make any sense at all. What up? Same old, same old. You? Fifty Shades of Greys. Nice. <laughs> hey, did you hear the news about Bridget? She's making her way around Australia. For reals? Yeah, she's everywhere. Barbecues, footy, even camping. Well, sounds like she's flat out. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to go to Australia. One day, bro. One day. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues. Beef up your snack life. Hi, I'm Ronnie O'Sullivan, and this is 365 Days of Sport. Now, Rob, Mm. last week we had Johnny Owen... Yeah. who's done football documentaries, he's mm-hmm. done Don't Take Me Home, mm-hmm. he's done The Three Kings, he's done The Nottingham Forest when I believe one, the one that you, bothered, you didn't bother turning up for that one. Remember? The one I missed in France yeah. when I went over for the yeah. Euros. Now, his team, Merthyr Town, we were going to follow through the FA Cup. Well, we kind of did follow through the FA Cup. Yep. Unfortunately, 
Merthyr, after drawing nil-nil with Hamworthy United, mm-hmm. went down to Poole in Dorset, and they lost to Hamworthy 2-0. Two good goals as mm-hmm. well. So what did I manage to do? I've managed to convince the manager... Yep. For Hamworthy United, right. go the Hammers, yep. to actually come on the show Just and jump talk ship. to us. Well, well, he's not jumping ship. He's still no. in his ship. No, you, you're jumping We've ship. Jumped ship. We've jumped ship. Onto the Hamworthy United bandwagon <laughs> on their FA Cup journey. Now, the draw's been done. They're away to uh, Siren Sester Town in the second qualifying round. So, what better way to kind of spike our interest in the world's biggest and best knockout football tournament than to talk to Tim Sills, who is the manager of Hamworth United, the Sillsmeister himself, who did actually send me a, ma- a message earlier, says, well, you can safely put this into the category of things you didn't expect to happen on a Tuesday morning. There you go. We've got to thank the tank, by the way. Good on the tank for making this happen. We really appreciate it. Tim Sills, welcome to 365 Days of Sport. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I mean, what, a, what an absolute unexpected pleasure this will be. Hopefully for you and not just for me as well. <laughs> well, it goes without saying. Um, we do. We really appreciate it. And like you said, earlier it's uh something that i kind of thought of in the last few days i thought why not let's follow a team we were going to follow mertha you boys played really well tuesday night knocked the welsh lads out so we're on the hammers bandwagon yeah it's fantastic i remember a feature when i was about 18 19 and it was somebody did something similar where they followed uh the wembley the football club and they started with them and then went all the way through to obviously it was wembley to wembley um with the final and i managed to get um involved with that as well because we beat a team on that one so it's, oh. it's, it's nice to be your club now certainly in until Saturday and hopefully beyond. Now, Rob doesn't really know too much about the FA Cup and its history and everything else. Kind of explain to Rob in layman's terms the importance of the FA Cup to clubs in kind of tier 6 through to tier 10. As, as simply as possible um, for an absolute yeah. simpleton. Well, that's fine. I'm, I'm a sports teacher over in, in <laughs> okay. England anyway, so I'll um, I'll pretend you're one of the needier kids. <laughs> Thank you. Um, as, as I'm trying to explain appreciate it. appreciate that. Yeah, basically, the FA Cup, as most people know it, would, would start in the first round and then obviously the Premier League comes, clubs, the, the bigger clubs in Man United and that will come in at the third round um, and they have to play sort of five or six games to win the competition whereas right at the start of August um, you start in the extra preliminary qualifying round um, mm-hmm. and you have to win six games to even get into right. like the, the proper competition the first round proper okay. as a non-league club at our level um, right. so yeah so we, we're kind of we've started right at the beginning of the journey mm-hmm. we've already had three games to get to this stage and obviously Merth came in at the last stage a couple of leagues above us um, and we were we were good enough on the day to beat them so um so yeah it's kind well, of well the, that the format surely for just club. sets up for a, a huge a fairy tale really we hope so well this is why yeah this is why it's it's kind of the most magical cup competition because you do get the stories even from you know straight away in august um of, of clubs who get all the big upsets and then suddenly for us you know pulling mirtha is a big club whereas you know most of the time you talk about a big club being obviously uh, your traditional ones um and it is you know it's, it's a fantastic opportunity for us to get a little bit of recognition why it's which is why it's great as well to be to be on your guys show because it's you know it just provides tales it provides uh you know dreams and things that people didn't really realize they could achieve and you know you always kind of hope that it's going to happen but um but it does give you those that that hope and that belief that you can kind of you know make your dreams come true a little bit in in like beefy said you know the biggest biggest cut competition in the world and although we, you know we i think we'd have to win sort of 12 games to even get to the final um, right. obviously that's very unrealistic but for us you know this is a great story for us and long may it continue now i'm a newport county fan tim newport 
Liverpool have had their own their fair share of fairy tales over the last couple of years. I mean, we beat Leicester. Um, we were 2-1 down to Man City in the 89th minute. We went down 4-1. But we've had a few big games. Now, not only is it kind of prestigious, the FA Cup, there is a bit of prize money along the way. Now, you guys beat Brockenhurst and Westbury in the Cup so far, as well as yeah. Merthyr. You've already brought in £4,819 in prize money. You're away to Sirencester on the weekend. If you win that, there's another 3375 quid in your pocket. Mind you, if you don't get up over Sirencester, the FA will still give you £1,125 as well. So that's a fairly decent chunk of money for a team, you know, at Tier 9 level. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're, we, we, it's not about the money for us, obviously, in terms of, you know, the players. We, we, we often say you don't often get days like we had at Merthyr and, and the one with the replay and stuff. So it is all about making memories. But obviously, a club at our level, yeah, every every penny counts, especially after the times that everyone's been through, um, which has been especially hard hit the lower down you go. So, so yeah, it's it, it's a good incentive as well. Prize money has been cut a little bit over the last couple of years, understandably, because of things that have happened. But it is, it's a fantastic extra bonus if you like and um i wondered i wondered why my committee members and my chairman were were smiling so much after the mirtha win and um maybe it wasn't all just about the uh, the glory and and it was you know obviously it is good for them that we're um getting the recognition but also getting that bit of money towards the rest of the season as well so there's going to be an upgrade from little home brand pies to uh, all the way up to pucker pies for the next round well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite go that far. Um, I mean, that's that's a that's a big upgrade, to be fair. So we've we've got to take it. Yeah, you know, keep our feet on the ground. I think is is the way forward. You're up against the Bet Victor League Southern Division West side, Sirencester Town. Now, if the boys get there very early, or you know, you've got a bit of time to kill, you need to head over to Sirencester Park because the park invites you to perambulate. It was laid out in the 18th century English forest style with a strict geometry. It has got the tallest yew hedge in the world that measures 100 metres long. Oh, my word. Yeah, and this style was all about rural peace rather than baroque splendor so the boys can get into their own kind of their own state of mind relax because we need you guys to bring the win home and get through to the third qualifying round yeah absolutely i mean the the, the coach company has been has been booked but i might see if i can get it an hour earlier and go and have a good perambulation if that's uh if that's even a, a word but, um, <laughs> but yeah i'm sure uh, <laughs> i'm sure that we you know ultimately we'll probably just see the inside of a football stadium and some changing rooms yeah. um and as long as you know we're, we're celebrating on the way back then um then i'm sure we can book it in another time but, oh yeah it would be lovely to uh progress again and see how far we can go oh it goes without saying because i'll tell you what i did see the highlights of the mirtha game on the old uh facebook page the boys played quite well and the the headed goal the first headed goal that's uh something straight out of the textbook loved it yeah, no, it's good. And I actually, funny enough, I work with uh, the guy who scored the first goal as well, work in the same office as him um, in the school. So, um, so yes, yeah, so it meant that, you know, he was, uh, we would, we could talk to each other the next day, which is always nice. And what sort um, of stages, and, um, sorry, sorry, carry on, Tim, keep going. No, 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 it's cool. And it, yeah, the, you know, in terms of you know, being an opposition that's two leagues above you, we had to play well, we had to um, defend for our lives at times, and then um, just, you know, hope you get that moment that, that when you get that moment, you take it. And, um, you know, we, we managed to do that 
that and came out convincing winners in the end, which is good. At what sort of stages throughout the round robin, not round robin, uh, throughout the knockout as you go, do you sort of do you sort of put a post? This is after that game, we're allowed a proper go at the pub after that one. (laughs) Yeah, you you often see um, you know celebrations in change rooms afterwards where people are going mental and all that. And um, you know, I think if we for a club at our level, we're we're already you know surpassing expectations a, a little bit, especially with the teams that we've played. But ultimately, you want to get to try and get to the first round proper. So mm. if we can, uh, if we manage to get past Siren Sester and then get a couple of favourable draws um, and get in the first round proper, then we'll um, we'll have a half naked team oh. huddle in the changing room and <laughs> put it all over social media. I quite yeah. like this. I'm, I'm 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 into this now. I'm gonna I'm really gonna follow this. This is great. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah. Actually, if you didn't know, Rob, as well, Tim actually had a pretty decent twenty year pro career. Six hundred and eighty six mm-hmm. appearances, two hundred and nineteen goals. Can't sniff of that. It must have been a few cup runs for yourself along the way. Tim, is there any memorable ones? Yeah, I was wondering when you were going to get around to my career. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, when I, well, I suppose the two kind of the, the best tales are when I was nineteen. I was I was playing at this level, uh, the same level I'm managing at now, um, and we managed to win six games and get to the first round proper with Camberley Town, and we got drawn away at the top of League Two at the time, um, who were Brentford. Funny enough, who have just gone Premier, Premier League. League. Yeah, and it and it was the first and only time that they've done it in the club's history. We took a thousand fans when normally we had ten and a dog, um, <laughs> and it was just uh, an incredible occasion. I mean, yeah, we got spanked five nil, but it was all about the day and just that recognition. And then I think the furthest I've ever got was the fourth round proper with Torquay United, um, and we'd beaten a Championship side at home in the third round, and you know it was all gearing up for the fourth round draw and thinking we were going to get one of the big boys, and uh, we got Coventry City at home, unfortunately which wasn't the glamour tie we wanted and we lost 1-0 but fourth round is the furthest I've gone which is mm. uh, which is nice to say but Camberley was definitely the biggest fairy tale of all oh, it is pretty special and uh, I mean, like I said I, I follow Newport Candy and all the way through the non-league days the 25 years of Hurt and yeah. the number of times we got through to like the fourth qualifying round we drew Blackpool we got through once <laughs> drew Blackpool away got a draw up there took them to extra time at home and lost 4-1 but, and they were Premier League back then uh, no no, they wouldn't have been Premier League if it was the first round wouldn't it? I'm stupid Rob what's going on <laughs> Anyway, they were in the must have been League One. League One, probably, but yeah. I mean, it yeah, is yeah. a big thing to get through that fourth qualifying round because not only that, you mentioned about teams on Merthyr only came into the second qualifying round. Once you get to the fourth qualifying round, the nature or well, the conference teams come in there. So you know they're tough. They most of them are professional nowadays, so they're tough draws with not a lot of reward. And the um, the actual massive reward getting through the first round is uh, somewhat negated by the fact that those guys get a bit of a free ride into the fourth qualifying round. Yeah, I mean, I, sp- I had that quite a lot in my career where I came in at the fourth qualifying round playing at that sort of level and it was you, even then you're hoping for a favourable draw because you just want to get to the first round proper and, that, and that's what I mean you know you've got massive clubs even at, at National League uh, level that, that will come in and there's not a lot of difference between that and League 2 so if we were successful enough and, and fortunate enough to get that fight you are hoping that you kind of avoid the bigger boys and then um, get to that glory of, of the first round proper yeah. but um, you know it is what it is if higher up the, the pyramid you go the, the more reward you get in terms of entry into the FA Cup at later stages so um, so we'll just keep working hard and um, hopefully you know the ultimate goal this year is to, to win the league and get ourselves a little bit higher up the pyramid but yeah we're enjoying it while it while it lasts that's for sure So what's the buzz around Hamworthy like? Is there lots of claret and blue in the shop windows and uh, lots of inflatable hammers being sold? Well I think our club president Bruce would probably um, go and decorate everyone's house in Hamworthy um, <laughs> if he could because he, he absolutely loves it but yeah I mean to be fair you know it's, it's not so much 
much that you everywhere you go you see handworthy colors and stuff but there is a lot more i mean these days it's more your social media that you see the interest spike and you know getting actually a mention in a local paper and it's not all just about bournemouth and paul you know you suddenly realize that actually you are putting the club on the map a little bit so yeah so hopefully you know if the journey continues the the fever will will spike even more and um you know it'll increase our attendances hopefully over the season as well but also while it's happening you know we'll, we'll really get some uh, support from from neutrals and other supporters of other clubs as well as we go and just raise our profile which would be great yeah i think you hit the hammer on the head so to speak pun intended that <laughs> it is about yeah. increasing your not well nowadays it's social media reach in terms of getting out there but i mean you look at wrexham and people like that that have uh, all of a sudden mm. they've got all these fans from all across the world for no reason in particular apart from the fact they've got hollywood owners and they're sponsored by tiktok <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it is about creating interest for the club and making sure that uh, you guys get noticed and when the inevitable holiday makers get down to the pool area you know during the summer you might have a game they might want to check you out well that's it exactly and even you know looking at sponsorships and things and how attractive you are as a club to to raising money for you know are people going to support you and are they going to you know like say come and sponsor you and maybe get an advertising board or sponsor a shirt or you know anything like that you know the better you're doing the more successful you are the more the the higher profile you've got then the the, the easier it is to bring in that sort of uh, revenue that is so crucial to clubs at our level as well so um so yeah like i say we'll, we'll just keep doing what we're doing um and hopefully you know that the rest of it will then take care of itself in terms of um the support we get from from outside the club now obviously all your players are amateur they might get a bit of boot money as we like to call it what are some of the more quirkier occupations of some of your players are there people out you know are there funeral directors is there people carrying coffins on their way to the ground and they've got to drop them in the hole just before playing on a saturday afternoon has there been some interesting stories about uh, dual occupations um well yes yeah, i mean it's it's there's a few i suppose that are slightly different i mean a lot of them now are, are very sensible and you know just just office workers and stuff we have a lot of trades guys as well who work as you know electricians and, and all that sort of stuff um we do have uh, one lad who has just come out of uni um and this summer got his dream job basically on on beach patrol mm. um so we mm-hmm. got to wear a uh a, a turquoise t-shirt and go and like we, we kept asking if he was kind of sweeping beaches and picking up shells or mm-hmm. was he just uh, um, looking at the women on the beach basically right. so sounds like a yeah. pretty pretty good job to be fair to him and i think one story he told me was that he was on working on bournemouth pier and and he, i think two people had strokes in front of him oh, I mean, it's not right. a very funny story no uh, <laughs> it's eventful it'd, it'd be an episode of baywatch if there was to go there well well that's it exactly <laughs> yes what you want you want your pamela anderson moments don't you you don't yeah. want those moments but i'm sure you know he got back to sweeping the beach pretty soon after that anyway so he's not quite the next david hasselhoff yet but not yet yeah no <laughs> he's no david hasselhoff that's for sure <laughs> definitely not well if he gets a winner on saturday away at sorenstester then perhaps we can sort him out with a bit of the hoff action or yeah a good slow motion run maybe <laughs> down the sideline oh, that, that would be good that's, that's the highlight of my career a bit of a slow motion run down the down the wing <laughs> just <laughs> not right, in slow motion yeah. yeah what can we expect from the boys on saturday is it is it all out attack or are you keen to get them down back to hamworthy for the replay what what's the tactics um yeah i think we go into every game looking to win it i don't think you can go into any game you know looking for a draw you know they'll they'll be very strong uh the reports we've had on them um is, is they could be even tougher than the mirtha game because uh, they although they're a league below they're, they're riding high in that league so um so yeah again you know it's it's a winnable game for us we, we go into it with a lot of belief or unbeaten this season um you know every game's been a win except for one draw in the league so so yeah so there's no reason why we we are you know just trusting in our ourselves and trusting our own game um and our own plan 
plan to, to how to win the game and hopefully do it in one. And, you know, if it happens that we have to be solid and claim a draw and get them back down to pool, then then so be it. But, um, you know, ideally, we'd, we'd like to go out there um, and win. And we know it'll be tough, but, but why not? You know, like we said, it's about writing your own fairy tales at this point. Now, before the replay against Merthyr, English clubs always have to go through this because uh, the penalty record isn't great for uh, for the English. Did you have to practice penalties? Were you pre-selecting your five penalty takers or was that something you're just going to th- you know, think about on the night if it got that far? Yeah, we didn't really think about that, mainly because we I think we've had a few penalties this season and I think we've only scored one um, and I think we've missed sort of two or three. So I try not to think about penalties at all at the moment. But yeah, in terms of it's just on the night, you can prepare and prepare and practice and practice, but you can never replicate the actual unique situation that you're in. So um, it's all about, you know, who's confident on the night, who's probably had a half decent game and then um, and then go from there. So, you know, you never want it to go to penalties but you'll be as prepared as you can be as, as in terms of psychological as well as the, the technical aspect of it. I've got a good feeling about this, Tim. There's something in the air, and yeah. I, I reckon you're going you're gonna to go very far in this comp. And then I, this was meant to be this match, I think, this one, this, with us jumping on board the team now. The vibe is there. And, well, with um, your knowledge, with oh, your the, knowledge Rob, exactly. that you know, makes me very confident. <laughs> <laughs> it's more about the vibe. It's, it's the vibe. It's the vibe. Your David Brent oh, sort yeah, of his approach. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We are positive vibes, definitely. <laughs> That's yeah. it. We are sending you positive vibes. I know you got to get back to class, Tim, in a couple of minutes. So we we will uh, <laughs> Actually, yeah. finish this off, <laughs> mate. We do wish you the best of luck on Saturday. We will be following with bated breath. We will report back to the world next Tuesday. But fingers crossed. Let's hope that uh, the Hammers can get up over the um, the Cestas. I don't know what. So I should have looked up what Siren Cestas' nickname was. Probably the Romans. <laughs> It's a Roman town, but uh, we do wish you the best of luck. We will fund the upgrade from Lidl home brand pies through to pucker pies for you (laughs) if you win. I mean, that's a guarantee from us. Amazing, amazing. I just hope you're not talking to Siren Sester in a couple of weeks. That's the main thing. So. <laughs> me uh, me too, personally. Then. Me too. I really, uh, really hope that we are talking to you, well, this time next week, I guess. Oh, no, you're probably, well, the, yeah, in two weeks' time. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll sort <laughs> yeah. that out. Because yeah, we'll, we, it. we'll have a look. We've got to put plans in place. So good luck on Saturday. Best of luck to the to <laughs> the Hammers. You. And like I said, uh, we wish you all the best. If it's for the good of the club, get into a replay and beat them on penalties just to wind them up. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. No, we appreciate your support. No worries, Tim. We will hopefully talk to you very soon. Thanks, mate. All the best. Thanks. See you later. Hi, I'm Dane Swan, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top ten. Oh, I got a live one here. Good to hear from Dane top Swan 10. there as well. It was Dane Swan. AFL, I thought the AFL Grand Final was this weekend, but now they've got a week off. Yeah, they take. Yeah, it's a strange to have it before the Grand I, Final. I think they than... kind of thought there may be a bit of travelling involved because of oh, That's why the, they put the vid, that in. The yeah. dirty vid. Because normally they do it at the start of the finals. Oh, do they? Yeah, because they were complaining <laughs> because the teams at 5, 6, 7, 8, that they were starting to come through the last couple of seasons okay. because they get that extra break. Yep. So they recovery. Oh, interesting. It's yeah. a Melbourne versus Western Bulldogs final. Yeah. If you didn't already I'm know. I'm very much looking forward to that. Glad you are. Top 10, um, Rob. One no, of your top 10s. Normally it's, a, it's, it's top me. 10. Yeah, I haven't done top 10 in ages. Ever. 
ever. <laughs> what do you mean? I can't remember. I stumbled across. Um, I stumbled across not long ago, which was just when I did top ten things I hate. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a similar theme. Right. Okay. So this good. is this is top ten uses of the English language, words or phrases with which I find very annoying. Well, literally and literally and reflective of very poor taste. Right. So if you use any of these words or phrases in your life, yeah, you're you have poor taste oh. and, and you're a bogan. And probably you're a bogan. A bogan. Poor be, taste uh, and a bogan. Or, or you're you're a fan of cultures. That uh, you're not off. I just don't like that it annoy me. You're an annoying person. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Number 10, Number 10, straight at your beef. (laughs) Straight at you. If you refer to your partner as babe. Oh, yeah? That's bogan. Really? You can't do that. Watch Kath and Kim. If they say it on Kath and Kim, that's that's a test. Do they say it on Kath and Kim? Yeah, 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 babe. Or even babes. I don't say babes. Well, either or. If you do that, no good. Okay. All right, you got that? Yep. Number nine, as you do. You know when someone says they're doing something a bit ridiculous? Yeah. And they go, oh, yeah, as you do. As you do. Like, that was sort of popular when I first heard it. And I first heard that about 12 years ago, maybe. 15 years ago, people were saying, as you do. Right. And now I'm over it. And now I don't like it at all. Okay, good. So good. cut that one out. Yep. Number eight, if you things they say that annoy me. <laughs> Warm- there it is. <laughs> That's a joke that's going to be lost on everyone that listens to this show. No, we'll explain it. So we were potentially going to have someone on the show. I've got a bloke named DC Glenn DC from Glenn. the band Tag Team. The Brain that, Supreme he was he used to go by. Is a womp, there it is. listening right now. And, so, uh, I was like, this show, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, he didn't. Uh, He'll he, probably be on he, next week. He's, he's gone missing. He's gone missing, <laughs> he in, gone missing into the abyss somewhere when he's supposed. But to if gone you're out there saying "whoop," there it is. <laughs> then you're annoying, Rob. I remember my mate David Devette from uh, high, from primary school, and he was singing that song all lunchtime. But he got the words wrong. How can he get the words he, wrong? He, he thought it was "whoop bad ass." Whoop bad ass. Whoop bad ass. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it for ages. And I thought, oh, yeah, Womp Badass. Oh, I'll check this song out. And yeah. It does sound a lot like Badass, oh, actually. Does yeah, if you ever listen. I don't think I've heard it for yeah. a long I'll time. I'll give old uh, DC Glenn a play during yeah, the break, get I him will. some more royalties. Yeah, no okay. four cents in your pocket, Glenn. Now, abbreviated things. Oh, me. lol. Totes. Totes. Yeah. I've never seen No totes. good for that. Nah. That's a terrible one. This one's an interesting one. Devoed. I was devoed. You could even say totes devoed. That's number six. <laughs> but see, the thing is, how regularly is one in a state of devastation that they're going to use that word so frequently they can abbreviate it? Yeah. To be devastated is a, a word that carries significant emotional weight. If you're devastated, you, you've yes. probably gone through some sort of significant loss totes in your life. Devoed, mate. <laughs> number five phrase I hate, get your hand off it. Oh. Oh. Hate that. It's a bogan thing to say. Right. Bogan sexual reference. Don't like it at all. I don't think I've ever said it. Unless, no. Oh, that's yeah. not going at you. Unless, no, oh, I'm just saying. At... I'm just adding a bit of fruit to yeah. the sauce here. It goes. Um, unless somebody's actually got their hand on it when they yeah. don't need it to be on yeah. there, then yeah. I don't no, think you're, I've you're ever not, said you're it. not on this list, Beef. The only just one you've only babe. Babe. Number four. A man's not a camel. Oh, oh, I hate that. Oh, yeah. Is yeah, that when terrible. Go? It's when someone needs a beer. Yeah. Go beer. He's a man's not a camel. It's, it's like that, Aussie bogan, that's an too. Australian it's real one, Aussie. Isn't it? Yeah. Number three. For things, this is just getting down to words now. Sick. Oh, sick as, bro. <laughs> sick as. <laughs> this is, fully sick. To be honest, is this, it fully this, sick, right? This, this one, because of fully sick in the Greek thing, 
which I like. <laughs> but that's sort of, but in a facetious manner. Right. So I'll sort of say it now in that in that accent, okay. like sort of mock, in a yeah, sense yeah. of mocking. So in that sense, all right. But when it, when, grave, it, when, it, when it first came out, sick. I first heard it around about two thousand, and it was a surfing lingo. And when was at, again at forty eight Darley Road, this bloke, um, he was a sort of a friend of Stevie's from. Napier, I think. He basically said nothing apart from responding to stuff, and he'd either say sick or he'd say sweet. Dude. He said sweet. nothing, pretty much nothing else. Dude, and he also car? he laughed really hard at stuff that wasn't that funny. Oh. Yeah. One of these sort of blokes. So his nick- nickname became Sick Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> or Sweet Sick. One of the other. Sick, man. That's sick. <laughs> so anyway, six out. Six out. Number two, this is quite a new one that's come in the last couple of years that I don't right. like. Lit. Lit. Yeah. This is, this is used in reference to when something's awesome yeah. or cool. Like someone goes, oh, this line, the, this line up tonight at this show is going to be lit. It's like, I don't like that. I don't mind if someone's hammered and they're drunk. <laughs> this guy was lit. If they're really if, lit. If they're wasted. Yeah. yeah. In that respect, I like the term. But when you start trying to be cool, think it's yeah. something cool. Is it a certain no term or not? I'm not too sure. I first heard it. Um, stoner term. Someone from one of my bands was using it in regarding music oh, stuff. That's lit, and, man. Oh, because that's moved like on it. now to a lot of people using fire. What? what so instead of saying, oh, it's Oh, you mean fire. the the emoji? Well, not just that. They actually use it. Oh, I'm going to do some fire stuff tonight. Okay. They, they actually say fire as a... As an uh, adjective. Well, as an adverb. As an adverb, yeah, that's right. Um, Sorry. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. To fire. Well, that makes that sense. That makes sense. I'm firing, firing up tonight, but, <laughs> but they use fire, the noun or yeah. a verb, but they use it as a as a as an adjective, actually. It is an adjective, yeah. 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 I did see it was, a, I think she was an Instagram. Actually, I'll tell you who it was. It was... Or is it just a whole entirely new noun? I, possibly. It was Bernard Tomic's girlfriend... When oh. she was locked up in... Well, I mean, we can't... I no, mean... no, no, but I, I have seen it in other places. When she was locked up in isolation, she said, I am going to make some fire content for my OnlyFans. Uh, but she's a halfwit. Well, she so is. So she, she may not even but, be able to tell that she was speaking incorrectly. But this is the epitome of who you're saying uses these words that's and true. phrases. So yeah. this is why, where you're well, spot that's on. Right. But I can't, I can't just ban the word fire. Mm. I can be. It's in that context, isn't in, it? Yes. So we're getting quite specific there. Yeah. But uh, that's all right. But you're right. It is also you. People put out TikTokers and things with fire emoji as yeah. though it's a thing. I was watching Doctor Phil yesterday for a bit. I don't know. That was still going. Doctor <laughs> Phil's still new going. One? I think it's yeah, it is new because it was all COVID stuff. They're all through oh. online and all that. Oh, okay. And there's some muppet who's doing one of these uh, prank humor social media yeah. channels or something. Yeah, yeah. Three hundred fifty thousand followers or something. He's seventeen and he doesn't want to go to college. So he wants to focus on a social media video career. Oh, his career. All he does is like go into WalMarts and stuff and like banging people's heads with carpet and stuff. It's just like or put a bucket on their head. And run off and stuff like that. Right. So it's sort of uh, supposed to be obnoxious prank humour. I don't think it's very sustainable. No. See, if if nobeds like that did that to me, yeah, there'd be issues. Yeah, and and a lot of them there are. I've seen these sort of videos, and they I've seen people pick them up and throw them in bins and stuff like that. Mm. The thing is, and and you watch it and you'll see it, and you might chuckle for two seconds, but as soon as I actually took a moment to think about yeah. it, I go, "This is just an absolute prat, just yeah. getting some attention." I saw, it's someone I saw else's something expense. Today. Pop up. And I, I've got no time for it. Pop up today. Some kid, 22, he reckons he's on $100,000 a year, mm-hmm. quit his job, drove to Vegas to go and meet 
Jake Paul or Logan Paul, one of those, he snuck into a press conference to beg Logan Paul for a job, mm. right? And who's Logan Paul? I don't know. Who he's one of these YouTubers, right? He's yeah. a YouTuber. He's one of those ones that's taking up boxing and you know they're making millions from boxing now okay. through pay per view. Doesn't matter. I could not tell you what those Paul brothers do mm. for a crust, but right. I know they're YouTubers, right? Yeah, yeah. They make YouTube stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Content. They yeah. make content. And so this guy begs for the job. Begs for a job. And the guy said, fair credit to him. He goes, oh, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm a TikToker. Mm. And he goes, what are you good at? And the guy said, well, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. he was totally defeatist. The guy was saying, I'll give you a job, but you've got to tell me what can you do. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I just want to do this. Uh, and he goes, I quit my job to come and meet you and beg you for a job. Yeah. And, and the, but he had no plan, no ideas, nothing. No plan B. That's exactly. And the guy, Logan Paul says this to him. He says, well, if this didn't work out, what were you going to do? No, this, this is what I was going to do. And he goes, yeah. no, what were you going to do if this didn't work out? And you, you snuck in here. Do you make sneak videos, he says? And he goes, oh, I don't know. He goes, did you sneak in? And he comes, yeah. Yeah. And then when he says this, where, where's your plan B? The security guard starts pissing himself. <laughs> It's quite funny. And the the guy's in his car making a TikTok video about him crying, about quitting his job in Ohio, driving to Vegas to meet Logan Paul. He met Logan Paul, and it didn't work out. (laughs) He's probably got another million followers because of that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He didn't get a job. Oh, no. Number one. Number one. And you guessed it before I even started. (laughs) A word that has totally lost all context, all meaning, doesn't even mean anything anymore. Literally. The word literally. Mm-hmm. This word has been abused to the point where it's now just placed in front of any action that someone may have completed. It literally is placed in front of any action. <laughs> you only need to say, use this expression or the word literally when the general phrasing or idea with which you are communicating is most commonly known in a metaphorical sense. Okay? So that's when you say literally. I don't actually mean the metaphorical expression. Yeah. All right? Or the, uh, not not meant a figurative expression, expression, a figurative expression. Yeah. Okay? So to everyone out there who's just saying literally before they say anything all the time, you are an absolute moron <laughs> and you have just abused English language to make the world a worse place. A less intelligent place. I don't place. disagree with that. I did go through a stage where I said and it. And co- coach yourself to stop saying this Exactly. That's word. what you have to do. You have we, to Because we, we need yourself. to reclaim this word back. Mm. For intellectual, for the, the sake of the intellect of our people, you literally have to claim it back. You can't literally <laughs> claim it back. That's the whole point. That's what I said. It. Yeah, <sighs> I'm sure there's other words in there, Rob, that you might come out with uh, that may make your top ten. Yeah. as we go along, we'll start adding them in. <laughs> there we go. There's, there's Roberto's top ten annoying, misused English language words, phrases, and words. Phrases and words. Well, Rob, that was fully sick, and it was literally the best work you've ever done. Ah, <laughs> oh, boo. boo! Get him off air. Get him off air. It, you should have a warning. That's what the warning's for. What you oh, just said. Yeah, yeah that's that definitely is. Uh, do you watch your rugby on the weekend, Rob? Uh, nah. New Zealand played Argentina. Yeah, we won convincingly. I yeah, you, you any ha- red cards? No, nah. Actually, don't think so i think the argies had a yellow card just mm. before half time for continued fouling but the kiwis were uh, good enough yeah. argentina couldn't quite get over the game line as much as they, okay you know they, the defense was far too good and then the aussies pulled one out the bag beating the saffirs because they do they're doing double headers yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So i did i did I thought, good weekend I, of uh, sport yeah. up there in uh, goal on the gold coast but was it on regular tv again the australian, australian game, game was. was on channel nine the yeah, uh, new okay. zealand game was on the other one on the pay 
But how's this? We ran a story, what, a couple of months ago about Quade Cooper, didn't we? Yeah, we did. He couldn't get Australian citizenship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he wasn't living in Australia long enough to mm. um, qualify him to get his citizenship. Yeah. Even though he played 70 times for Australia, yeah. they were denying him. Anyway, Quade Cooper kicks eight out of eight on the weekend. Yeah. Man of the match performance. Yeah. Australia beats South Africa 28-26. Yeah. Guess what happens? He's an Australian hero! <laughs> Cooper set to be awarded Australian citizenship! <laughs> After four rejected applications, new rules set to be announced on Tuesday that will allow the Wallabies playmaker to be eligible yeah. for Australian yeah. citizenship. If, if you miraculously win us a game in your best performance of your career, we'll allow you to be an Australian. <laughs> this is a new clause we've added yeah, down the bottom. It is yeah. a new clause. Exceptional sporting in- <laughs> international athleticism. But you're, you can stay. It's not coincidental at all that Australia beat the world champion South Africa <laughs> with Quay Cooper kicking and after the siren 50 metre penalty to win the game all of a sudden you are after even though you've played 70 times you finally did something good you can be in Australia how much time was left when he had kicked the goal after the siren after the siren yeah. oh wow Oh, I missed all this. He actually, I, I'm going to be honest. He actually played really, really well. Okay, good. And um, I have said the guy, the young lad, they've uh, they've been playing Noah Lalaloa, whatever he's called. He's not the answer, right? And I haven't really got anyone else. Okay, Matt Tamua is not a number ten. Yeah. Is not going to be a world beer at number 10. I actually think Reese Hodge, the guy who plays for Melbourne, is their future at 10, but yeah. he's, he has hardly ever played there. But, right. So they've drafted Quade Cooper in, and he's won him a game. He's come in and done it. How old is he now? He must be 32. Yeah. Must be, at least. I thought he'd be 35. Or yeah, something. I don't think he's quite that old. He's, probably, he's in between those two. He's is played it? 70 times. So He played in the 2011 World Cup. That's he, 10 years ago. Yeah, that's a surprise, isn't it? Ten yeah. years ago, Rob. Ten years ago. Wales should have been world champions yeah. ten years ago. Ten years ago. And we're still regretting yeah. it ever yeah, since. It's still complaining. How about still, this one then, Rob? Still in a fairyland. This is disgraceful. Cricket world erupts over bizarre scenes. The cricket world has reacted to a bizarre passage of play in the Cameroon versus Uganda Women's 2020 World Cup qualifier, right. which saw not one, not two, hmm. Not three, yeah, but four mancad dismissals. Four mancad dismissals in a row. In a row. Is that the, the guy with the loopy bowling action? No, no mancad is when you from... run run out the non-striker when you come oh, in to bowl. Oh right, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. four in a row. Four in a row. Controversy erupted in the 2020 Women's World Cup qualifier when Maeva Dauma took matters into her own hands when Cameroon was struggling to break through Uganda's batting. At 153 for one, Duma pretended to bowl before turning around and running out the non-striker. Duma proceeded to use the dismissal three more times. Fortunately for Duma, the batters took the dismissal with dignity. However, the cricket world erupted after watching the highly controversial method of dismissal used four times in one innings. Well, is she bowling and following through and then flicking it backwards? No, she's kind of running in. She stops in a delivery stride and the non-striker is kind of just running. Oh, right. It's just... it's Look, if you do it well, once... They, are they trying to win? If you're that's doing it, if, unbelievably If you do stupid. it once, you should learn yeah. that it's going to happen again. But yeah. they kept doing it, which is uh, just... Okay. Well, let's face it, it's Uganda versus Cameroon, people. Yeah. <laughs> They're not the cricket powerhouses. They're fairly new to sport, especially in women's uh, side of things. Yeah. Many claim the bowler should have granted warnings to the batters. However, others pointed out the Ugandan batters didn't learn their lesson and were backing up too far down the pitch. Unfortunately, the dismissals didn't help Cameroon, as Uganda posted a total of 190 before bowling Cameroon out for 
35. Oh, that's a bit of a pace thing. But yeah, I think if, if they're stupid enough to, for them to get out four times in a row doing that, they probably deserve it. Yep. I mean, it's a lame way You've to got get a, someone out. No, I mean, no, no one's ever really looking for it as a no, way to get not, someone no, out. No, not deliberately. But that's not if, the first if they really are just, just running. If it, if it happens once, you shouldn't do it again. That's as simple as that. Yeah. Once is okay, yep. four times is unforgivable. Yeah. Um, we've got to congratulate Australian Daniel Scarly. He's just broken the world record, Rob, for the longest ever abdominal plank. Oh, I, was it uh, 24 hours or something? Well, he held the position for nine hours, oh. 30 minutes, yep. and one second. He My beat word. the previous record by one second. Scarly's world record attempt was to raise awareness for chronic pain. Yeah, well, that would create chronic pain. <laughs> yes, that, it definitely oh, would. that would be awful. Nine hours, 30 in the plank yeah. position. I When I joined up with Jim, I, I broke the record there for the plank. Did you? Yeah, for four, four minutes, 40 or something. I remember it's not that you, long. I remember you in... When we were in Los Angeles, Angeles. I think your, your cousin yeah, she challenged, me, challenged I, you to plank. Yeah, because I, I sort of said, I reckon I can do about three minutes. I think you did five. Uh, I don't think it was five. Well, I, I think it was I, at the time. But, but, she, but she didn't think I could do 90 seconds. I was like, well, oh, right. do that for my sleep. <laughs> you sleep funny, Rob. You sleep funny. <laughs> I'm so, a funny guy, Beef. Nine hours 30, you're literally a funny guy. Oh, fully sick, bro. Fully no. sick. Here we go. Now, these, I want to make this clear. That top, clear, that top 10, yeah. those are the things that annoy me. Oh, that okay. annoy. So that doesn't mean use them more. I won't. All right? I won't. Um, I'll get irritated. Eventually, I will get irritated. <laughs> Eventually. You want some Alan Partridge news? Aha! Aha! An Alan Partridge statue has appeared in the middle of his hometown of Norwich in the city centre, and it's even been authorised by the man himself. The golden 11-foot statue... 11 foot, Rob. Mm. It's pretty big. Of of Alan Partridge. Of Alan Partridge. Not Steve Cooper. Where did you say it was, sorry? Norwich. Norwich. Well, Alan Partridge is Norwich through and through, isn't he? Uh, along with other icons like Delia Smith. Okay. It's the handiwork of Partridge fans uh, Nick Dutton, Gavin Fulcher. Steve Coogan's iconic character tweeted about the unauthorised use of his person to create the sculpture after seeing photos emerge online. He posted... A statement. Although this is completely unauthorised, having taken counsel, I am happy that the statue's attitude and stance are correct. If the people of Norwich and surrounding areas want to memorialise me in sculpture, then as long as it is rendered in an alpha brass with a low zinc content and not, say, a duplex brass, I grant my consent and will instruct my legal team to resheathe their daggers. <laughs> I was further concerned that the statue would be a compound resin with gold paint applied. These fears have also been allayed. If my statue can in some way act as an ambassador for brass and encourage just ten children to take up a brass instrument, it will be an upbeat ending to an otherwise dreadful year thank you statement ends partridge out nice mr fulcher does denied in it was in any way shape or form part of a publicity stunt for coogan's new podcast he said it was just a bit of fun really i think during this time we could all do with a bit of light relief when you go to uni and meet new people you say you're from norwich and people instantly mention alan partridge he is so synonymous with the city and the people have, have taken to him too from the oast house the alan partridge podcast is steve coogan's latest installment from the world of the veteran disc jockey where yeah. alan speaks his mind whether that's from his oast style house or while running through the countryside or even hiding in a neighbor's garage but while it's mainly just Alan talking to himself, Coogan says he thinks it offers a whole new side to his most popular character, one which fans have never seen or heard before. 
<laughs> so he's basically, it's a publicity stunt with a statue yeah, yeah. appearing in Norwich. So is it, I wonder if that's a new sort of podcast thing he's doing. Brand new, apparently. Brand, brand new. new. Okay. Oh, I might check that one out. I, I like Liam Gallagher's story about when he met Steve Coogan. Yeah. And Regale I, us with it, Rob. Well, I, it's not. Sorry. Well, he's told two stories that's very simple. He told the one where he met Maradona. Yes. And then that, that he wouldn't let him go near his women. <laughs> Then he quickly just, and that he never saw him again after something like that. He goes, yeah, I met, met Steve Coogan too once. And, and uh, you know, we stood up late having lots of Guinness and getting wild hammered. And, and, and they smashed and he said, and eventually it all sort of went to pieces at about six, six in the morning. We both sort of passed out in the same bed. And I, I, I wake up a couple of hours later and uh, he says he sort of can just feel this lump next to him. He can't quite make out what it is. And he's just it's sort of early in the morning and still a bit drunk and not sure what's going on. And then all of a sudden the, the duvet just gets thrown over. And then Alan Patrick just goes, goes ah <laughs> And then he just runs out the room. And then it, he's in the galaxy, he's never seen him again. <laughs> just, bye. <laughs> Good man, Steve Coogan. I'm trying to think Big of fan. his... Big fan. The, the trip is, is the, one of the greats. The original one? Yeah, yeah. Or Italy or Spain or... Oh, I particularly the original one is very good. The original one is very good. Yeah. Rob Brydon gets a bit annoying right? in in the later ones where they're constantly trying to do the outdo themselves with impressions. Yeah. And it's it's relentless. <laughs> it really is relentless. It gets hard to watch. When, oh, Mr. Bond. No, 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 no. He said, he says it like this. Oh, Mr. Bond. I've been expecting you. No, no, no. It's just like, oh, Mr. Bond, I've been expecting you. And it just goes, Yeah. It's great viewing beef. <laughs> it is good. It's I, great I, I did enjoy it. Imagine if they came to Australia and did that. Oh, look, it would, be, it would be very popular. I think they just, I don't know, Australian comedy is a funny one for me. Uh, it's uh, There seems to be a lot of like... The either full ABC sort mm. of sort of nerdy art n- nerdy arty sort of crowd uh, pseudo intellectual types political commentators and then there's just bogan meatheads yeah. on the other side and then the middle is missing. I don't do, disagree. Do, do, is that a fair analysis? I think it is. That's the best I can yeah. I can do. No, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're but, right. The, the panel show is like a, a, incomparable. Like if I watch that at, at Ten Cats or whatever, I always have a good laugh. At some some point. Oh yeah, always, always have, a, have a great laugh. I'm a massive fan. Taskmaster that they've started showing over here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Okay. And that wouldn't work in Australia mm-hmm. because there's people they're just not smart enough to deal with it. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think it's that. I I don't know. This shows. I think they're too scripted. The shows. Yeah. No, yeah. That's it's hard to know. Point. It's hard to know what's going on. Hey, bro. If we were on a desert island and there wasn't any grass. No grass. Would you eat me to survive? Oh, bro, who'd eat a cow? Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. Hi, I'm Jeff Fennick, and this is 365 Days of Sport. Oh, that music could only mean one thing, Rob. What's that, beef? Time for the quiz. <laughs> is, is that what it's for? <laughs> I just, I do love that music. I know, you brought it to our attention when yeah. we started this segment. Yeah, that's right. I sure did, Beef. Last week's disastrous nil-nil, Rob. Nil-nil. I'll be highly surprised if you don't get at least one today. Okay. I reckon you might get a three. I think you might get naught. Oh. I just, just oh, realised, reading Thanks. through the questions, that I've that, that you've probably gone a little bit too right. hard. Yeah, yeah, okay. I reckon, no, actually, good. you might get one. It's a quiz, people. Best of five. Is that, is that a good quiz? To, no, to look at it and just go, you'll probably get one. No, it's not. Sorry. Apologise to oh, everyone involved. Here we go. Best of five penalty shootout star. We ask each other 
sports trivia questions of varying standards. Mm-hmm. Well, seeing as we had uh, Tim Sills from Hamworth United, mm. I'm going to start with this one. Mm. Do you know who won last season's FA Cup, Rob? Um, it was Arsenal. Leicester City it was. They beat okay. Manchester City in the final. Eh? Okay, good. Well, congratulations to Leicester City. <laughs> well done the Foxes. Tennis. Who is the odd man out? Agassi, Becker, Borg, Cash, Edberg, Krajic, McEnroe, Sampras, Stick. This could be an interesting twist. I, I, got, reckon, I, I got this right when I... I reckon it's Sampras. Right, why? Headbands. Headbands? Yeah. Everyone Agassi. else says headband. Agassi headband. Ball. Oh, no, you don't always headband. have a headband. Cash headband. McEnroe headband. Crycheck headband. Who are the other two? Stick. Don't really remember Michael Edberg Stick. Edberg wasn't headband. Stefan Edberg. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. It's not headbands then, Rob. Cash. Only one Wimbledon win. It's not cash. It's not headbands. It's not cash. Headbands. What I actually... I, what I, a, what I actually, an answer, though. Uh, headbands. That if that worked, I was going to give it to you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, unfortunately, I actually got this right. Yeah, okay. It's John McEnroe. Is it? You'll guess why. He never won Wimbledon uh, without... It's no. much more obvious than you Is think. It? He's the only left-hander. Oh. Yeah. That's all, folks. Sure, Michael <laughs> Stick. Was even Isovich in that list? No. Nah. Oh. Okay, he's left-handed. <laughs> but he's not on the list, Rob. Not on the list. All right. Okay, question one. Still no nil. Come on. In a standard set of pool balls, what colour is the number one ball? Number one is yellow. It is yellow, Rob. That's the one I thought you'd get. Yeah, well, I got it. I played plenty of pool. I thought you had. That's why I chose that. Thank you, Beef. What is the oldest stroke used in competition swimming? What is the oldest stroke? Yep. Breast stroke. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, when I thought about it, it made sense. Because front crawl, I think, is the latest. Is it? I thought most but- recent. butterfly surely is the latest. Uh, I don't know. They both seem like flawed ideas. Yep. Breaststroke is sort of the most natural one, I think. Okay. Yes, But that's correct. One all, then. One all. We've done better than last week, both of us. Okay. All right, New Zealand sport, Rob. Name the windsurfing brother and sister that have won Olympic golds and other medals for New Zealand. Um, i just got to remember this last name because it's Bruce... Uh, Bruce Kendall. Yes, it is Bruce Kendall. What yeah. was his sister his called? His sister's name is Barbara Kendall. <laughs> yes! Roberto! No, she was called Jane. No, it was Barbara. Bruce and Barbara Kendall. I was, going, Great I was, work. I was about to go for Brenda, and then I stopped, and I was just like... Great Bar. work. That's a, See, that's the part of... That's when I know the Olympics, from the 90s. Yes. I remember that. He was uh, 88, and she was 92. Yeah, so I think the 98... Because we only got three golds that year, I think. Right. And everyone just sort of didn't even know about who he was or anything. And then all of a sudden we had this gold It wasn't medal. even called windsurfing back then. It was, it was board sailing. Board sailing. Yeah. And then I think when Barbara won, it was called the Mistral class right. or something okay. weird. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, who was the first cricketer to take uh, 10 wickets and score 100 in one test match? 10 wickets and 100. Yeah. It's pretty rare feat. A very rare feat. I wonder how many times that's ever been done. I'm at a guess. Less than 10. Oh, certainly less than 10. And who was the first? Oh, clearly WG Grace. Oh, no. 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 It's much, much later than that. Okay. 70s, 80s. Capital Dev. 
No. I'm trying to think you would get 10 uh, wickets. I went Gary Sobers. That was wrong. Oh, yeah, good yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, good guess. Viv. No. How's he going to get 10 wickets? Well, you never know. It might have been a turner in Barbados. <laughs> yeah, you're going to keep going? Nah, you're going to have it. It's Fifi. Fifi, both of oh. them. Ian, both of them. 81 Ashes. Yeah, 81 Ashes. I don't, I don't know for sure. I'm assuming uh, it's that game. Yeah, I don't know if he got 10 wickets. Because well, he said that big Bob Willis got eight in the second second innings. So it's probably not, not that probably game. Probably not that game. Yeah, good. Let's we'll uh, go check that one what out. What a player. What a player. And both them. Um, what sport hmm. has disciplines that include the underhand, the standing block, and the single buck? The underhand? The standing block and the single buck. The underhand, the standing buck, and the single... No, standing the, block the standing and the single block and the s- buck. Um, what, where's the underhand going to be? Uh, what sport? What sport? Oh, is it like poker or something? Nah, I would have heard that if it was poker, would it? I know. Um, I'm going to go for Quidditch. Quidditch. <laughs> Wood chopping. Wood chopping. Yeah, single buck is the big saw. Yeah. The standing block is when they yeah, stand, stand on, on the block, block and they chop it in yeah, half. And the okay. underhand is when you chop from underneath. Underhand. You should have got that. Yeah, tricky yeah. one. Yeah, because the, the standing block, I was thinking of someone standing and blocking someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what went, yeah. went on my head. All right, next one. Two one for still. The beef. What uh, Grand Prix Formula One car had six wheels? I thought this would be an easy one. I thought you just. I go think it's bang. the Tyrrell. It is the Tyrrell. Yeah, I was going to say the March Ford, but I don't think it was. But the Tyrrell, yeah. Dan, when was that? Oh, late seventies, early eighties. Okay. All right, two all going into the last mm-hmm. round. God, tough this. Yeah. More New Zealand sport. Yeah, good. Name the New Zealander that lost. To John McEnroe in the 1983 Men's Wimbledon final. Um, Chris Lewis. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris. No, 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 no. What's his name? What's his name? Chris. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> no, it's just, I'm still thinking in my mind it's Chris Lewis. What, what's his It thing? is Chris Lewis, Rob. It is I'm Chris gonna, Lewis. I'm going to put you out of your misery. It is Chris Lewis. It is Chris Lewis, yeah. 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 I'm sure it was. That was, you were trying to tell me I got it I, wrong. I didn't say it was. I, I, I very nearly said Kelly Evenden. Kelly Evenden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah nah, he was never Did really you know, good. here's an aside. He had a headband. Lewis was the first man in history to reach the final of one of the four tennis majors while using an oversized racket. Yeah. A Prince original. He was also one of the early players equipped with custom-made shoes designed for grass. Oh. There you go. Phenomenal. Chris Lewis. Yes. Not the not the English cricketer. No. But when he went to the West Indies, decided to shave his head and then not wear a hat in the nets and missed the first test because of sunstroke. Oh, disaster. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm up 3-2. After yeah. being told I'm going to get zero. Look at this one, from Roberto. I, I said one. All right, here we go, Beef, for the tie. What race course stages the Lincoln? The Lincoln? Yeah. I don't know if it's the Lincoln Derby. You just said the Lincoln. So you're looking at... I don't even know if it jumps off flat. That's the problem. I don't even know if it's Australia or I, Britain. I don't know. Uh, well, it's... I will tell you, it's not the US. It's either. The Lincoln is a... I'm going to say Ascot. Oh, it's Doncaster. Doncaster. Doncaster, beef. Doncaster. The Lincoln. It's not even a big race. <laughs> it's not even a big race. The Lincoln. What? You're world biggest sportsman. I am. Yeah. Just not in horse racing. You just don't I, like that I just won no, when you said I was going to get one. Roberto pulled out... To win. Because you went far enough back, you see. That's your problem. 
You do more recent stuff, I won't have a clue. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, tag Chris team Lewis, back again. Barbara Kendall. That's, that's a, a good massive, win. I would have, you would have won anyway. I would have given one. you half a point for Bruce. <laughs> oh, very happy with that, Beef. Very happy indeed. Mm. Good to have a win, isn't it? It definitely is. Yeah. I might even give you some extra information about Chris Lewis. Came from nowhere, and it was because of his daps. He got as high as world number 20, I think, did at he? one point. Yeah. Right. Uh, I can't remember much about him. No. We've only had a, um, the, we've had I don't a Brett, even, I don't Brett even Stephen. remember him. Brett Stephen I mean, was our other tennis player. I mean, in the glory days of your Borgs, McEnroe's and Connors in the 80s, yep. all of a sudden it's Chris Lewis is in the final. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Out of the nowhere. The Kiwi. The Kiwi. Yeah. Kiwi Chris, as they like to call him. <laughs> oh, good old school stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. No, very good win, that. Good win. Yeah. Uh, rugby League is shooting itself in the foot again, Rob. Really? Broncos young gun injured during violent Mad Monday incident right. with teammate. Broncos young guns Thomas Flegler and Jordan Ricky have come to blows on Mad Monday, triggering a stern warning for the club following another dire NRL season. They, they really are. The NRL Rugby League players have just the most meathead culture. <laughs> Um, the two forwards. That, that Sam Burgess has gone on that SAS, SAS show. I think that's. Did he, did he ever full blowout? Sam Burgess. He lost. Oh, the, yeah. Absolute disaster. Cheated on his wife. Yeah, he or said something. he lost his wife, lost his family, lost his yeah, career. Yeah. Like he just yeah. So he's on this thing basically. He's just, he's trying on the bit of redemption comeback trail. Yeah. Yeah. Two forwards were engaged in a friendly wrestle. Yep. As you do on Mad Monday mm. during postseason celebrations, when Flegler took exception to Ricky's antics, twenty-two-year-old front row reportedly then hit out violently, leaving Ricky with cuts requiring stitches. We were out last Wednesday, mate, and got in a wrestle that went a little bit wrong, and Jordan ended up with a cut in his face. Mm. We went our separate ways that night, and I gave him a call the next day to sort it out. It was silly, and I apologise. We've agreed to keep our wrestling sessions to in-season from now on. St. <laughs> George, can't play. St. Oh! George, can't... What? Did you uh, find it? We... No, no, no. Have we got what? time for this? I I'm, I'm need to do this. You want, to, you want to do the worst song in the world in five minutes? You've just, you've just reminded me about this. <laughs> do it. So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song and it's clear of mine because the words don't fit and the song is shit. You're a talentless kid. You suck! They're called the Ipswich Connection. Yep, Ipswich in Queensland. Just going to do it. Here we come, walking down the street. We really love all the action and all the fans we need. Down, didn't he? Yeah, why don't they go? Yeah, with the Broncos. We're too busy training. Trying to let the wind feel proud. Oh, 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 oh,
You get the gist. Maybe there's copyright issues if they win. Quite possibly. Yeah, yeah. That is Alan Langer, Kevin Walters, yeah. Kerrod Walters. Yeah. Uh, I think there was another Walters. Steve Walters. Steve I don't Walters. think he ever played for Brisbane, and that's the thing. Right. Um, I think. Yeah, he played for Canberra. I think Steve Renoff might be in there as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's them doing. Hey, hey, with the Broncos. Um, did you mention this the other week that this this existed? No, I found no, it. No, you just found it. I found it the other day. I'm sure someone had done the monkeys. Hey, hey, we're the somethings. Possibly. Oh, I thought you told me about this. I'm going to stop this because yeah. this is the B-side. Broncos on the attack. Walters from dummy half away to Lazarus. Up to the defence. Turns it inside to Langer. Steps around one tackle. Shoots the pass to Kevin Walters. Draws the defence on to Brother Kieran. He's over beside the post for a great Broncos try. The Ipswich connection has done it again. And it's a great year for the Broncos. Ipswich boys and here's our story. Oh. We're all part of the Broncos glory. From our junior days to the Sydney scene, Broncos, hungry and mean. No. Broncos, <laughs> hungry and mean. It's got a bit of uh Mesmerised. Get mesmerised. What we aim for is rugby league supremacy. So if you're inclined, then sing along and join us in the chorus of this Broncos song. And I'm here to say that I play it hard. There's no other way to control the rut. Is my primary aim. If I don't do my job, we could lose the game. (laughs) (laughs) It rhymed. (laughs) It did rhyme. Gonna hand his microphone over to another. He's between you know it'll please my mother. Cause wherever he goes, so people always say, "Is it true, Carrot Ballers is really your brother?" My name is Kevin and I play it clean. I'm part of the Bronco scoring machine. From the blue valve switch to the green and gold, it's a shame Carrot's jokes have got so old. It rhymes, Rob. It rhymes. <laughs> Oh. It's Alf's turn now, and I'm sure you'll agree that he's one of the best you're ever gonna see. A Broncos leader, he's got grit and style, and he's one of a few who can make Benny smile. He's also two foot tall. It was rigged, they reckon. Sacking up those referees, you think? My name, rugby league's my game. Ipswich, Sydney, it's all the same. I might be small, but I give my all. Cause the bigger they are, the harder they fall. <laughs> well, the connection, just watch and see. When we all play together, it's like ESP. Well, let's think of people who support us all the way. Gonna do our best on finals day. Anyway, Ipswich connection, Brisbane Broncos from '92. Oh my! It was word. a single, Rob. It was a single. I'm glad they had the B side. That really made it. That could be the A-side. Imagine, imagine the effort they're going to go there. That's a lot of effort for that's those. Uh, get mesmerised. That, that's real classic gets mesmerised about yeah. it. Get mesmerised. They only mesmerized. got it like eight years later. 
Oh, no. Because Metsmerised is like 84. There must be a video for it as well. Actually, mm. talking about let's gets Metsmerised, mm. there's a new series on ESPN 30 for 30, but it's over. It's like the Mets glory days, 84, mm. 85, 86, or 83, and it looks really cool. Okay. It's, it's coming out soon. I think it starts this week, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll check that. Yeah, they're, they're pushing it like no tomorrow, so it's uh, I will tune in. I'm not a big baseball fan, but that documentary, four-parter, yeah. looks really good. I still haven't watched that Doc Ellis one. I just keep forgetting <laughs> oh. about it. <laughs> got to check that one out. Yes. Mm. Um, have you got time for your joke, or is it long? It's two minutes long. Let's do it. <laughs> well, this is an Irish joke, Beefy. Oh, so you've got to tell it in an, Irish accent, in an Irish accent properly like that. Is that all right, Beefy? Would you, would you that go be, for it. Well, this is a story about... It's about a golfer, an American fella, and he wanted to have a hit around at Killarney. So he turned up at the, to talk to the pro at the, at the shop, and he says, Look, I'd like you to have a hit around the course, but uh, I'm fairly handy, and I wouldn't mind having a match with someone who, who plays around, regularly around the course. And, and the fella says, All oh, right, right, uh, Michelin's your man. I'll give him a call. So he calls up Michelin on the phone, and Michelin says, All oh, right, 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 yes. I'll t- tell you what, you tell him I'll be there at 9 a.m. tomorrow, but I might be half an hour late. He's like, all right, I'll, I'll tell him. He goes, he'll be here tomorrow at 9 a.m., but he might be a half an hour late. Oh, fantastic, says the American. I'll see him tomorrow. Nine o'clock rolls around. He turns up, and Mick McLean turns up nine o'clock right on the dot. The American fella looks over, and you know, he's got a left-handed set of clubs, does McLean. And they go out for the hit. And McLean, he beats them fairly easily, you know. They get back to the shop, and, and the American fella, he's not all too happy. And he's like, look, McLean, would, would you mind if I have another hit around tomorrow? Can I have another go at it tomorrow? And he says, oh, look, well, I'll tell you what. I'll be here at 9 a.m. tomorrow, but I might be a half an hour late. So he said, all right, no problem. I turn up the next morning, 9 a.m., and they go out for the hit. But this time, when the American fella looks over McLean, he's got the right-handed set of clubs. And he's like, all right, well, I'll have my day today. They go out for the hit and they come back. And once again, Michelin, he beats them even four, even more with the right-handed set of clubs than he did with the left. And this time, the American fella, he's really angry. He can't believe he's lost to him. And he's hitting the other way. And he says, look, Michelin, do you mind if I just have one more go? I play you again one more time. Michelin says, oh, right, right, I'll tell you what. I'll be here at 9 a.m. tomorrow, but I might be a half an hour late. And the American fella says, no, no just, just wait. Just wait on one second now. Now, look. You turn up here on the first morning, you got the left-handed set of clubs. And then you turn up on the next morning, and you got the right-handed set of clubs. How do you know which way you're going to hit? And McLean says, all right, well, what I do is, when I wake up in the morning, I look over at the wife, see, and she's lying on her left side, then I go with the left-handed set of clubs. But if she's lying on her right side, then I go with the right-handed set of clubs. And American fellow says, well, right. But, but what do you do if she's lying on her back? I'll be a half hour late. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well. There you go. <laughs> Superbly timed at three minutes past midnight. <laughs> Very good. Uh, well done. Thanks. That career, that short-lived career in stand-up <laughs> comedy was not wasted at all. We want to thank Jack Link's Beef Jerky and Ham Jerky, of course, the greatest beef jerky you can possibly buy. We've got to thank Tim Sills, the Sillsmeister himself from Hamworth United. Good luck in the FA Cup Certainly. second qualifying round away at Sirencester Town. Fantastic. Can't wait for that. Let's hope we're talking to Tim again in two weeks' time. Yes, two weeks' time. Yeah, with a victory. With a victory, of course. Mm. 
get your Jack Link's beef jerky. There's rugby coming up this weekend. There's horse racing probably that Rob's interested in. Yeah. Good luck Newport Candy as well. They're playing in a, uh, in a league game, I think, tonight. Walsall at home. So that's going to be fun. Great horse racing this weekend. Good George, horse George, racing. George Ryder stinks. Probably the Lincoln George handicap Maine, from somewhere. George Maine. Oh, the old Lincoln. Anyway. This has been episode 216 of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. 365 days of sport. See you next week.